What I don't like is with uh, social media. I don't like the term following people because following people to me seems like I want to be like that people. And no, the reality is that we are ourselves. We must always remember who we are. Thank you for tuning in to the Leadership Sessions, a podcast series of conversations with guests from around the world, hosted by TPC Leadership. In this series, we discuss how leadership is transforming, and we talk with inspirational guests who are willing to share their personal stories and learnings with us. What are their strategies and tactics to thrive in these uncertain times and beyond? In the previous podcast, Tom van Dijk interviewed Mercedes Alonso, executive at Neste. His guest today is Cécile Renier, Vice President Europe Customer Support and Success at Wolters Kluwer. With quite some years of experience under her belt, Cécile has a very clear view on which factors determine successful leadership. Tom and Cecile talk about the journey that leadership is, about role models, following, and intergenerational diversity. Cecile, welcome to the series. Great to have you. Thank you very much, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, How are you today? Very good. Friday, early afternoon. So you just probably my last call before the weekend. Nice, nice. What an honor. And thanks for being our guest. Uh, Maybe as an introduction, would you mind sharing a bit more about yourself? Okay, so I'm a 30 plus year professional that has been working in different companies in different sectors, but uh, with one common uh, aspect all the time. And uh, that has been transformation. I've been transforming uh, in all the roles that I've been doing over the past 30 years. I'm French, uh, but I'm based in Spain and uh, I've always had a, a very international environment. So I guess those are the two most uh, important things about me. Thank you. Cecile, our, our topic for this podcast series is leadership. And also today we're going to speak about that. Maybe to kick it off, what would be your understanding of, of leadership? How would you describe it? Well, leadership is a journey, really. I think that you cannot get to a vision of leadership when you're just starting in a career. You can read about leadership, you can hear about leadership, but uh, things have to end up resonating to you and and what is really, really relevant. So I would say that leadership is uh, is really uh, building a vision to get to what you believe leadership is, uh, is at the end. What comes to my mind when I hear you speak is, um, you know, sometimes when, when we deliver leadership trainings, um, you have some participants who sometimes say when you cover a certain theory or a certain model or you do a certain exercise that they say, yeah, but I've done this already. I've seen this. Oh, emotional intelligence. Yeah, yeah, I know what it is. And then I think, so what? You know, we are all unfinished material. What would be the harm of thinking of your emotional intelligence a second time. So I can, I can totally resonate with what you say that it's, you know, it's a never ending journey. Absolutely. Completely. It's a grow path. And, and, and I think that's a, a one important aspect as well. You need to have a growth mindset. You know, uh, uh, for me, that kind of comments of, oh, I've already done it. Yes, you have already done it, but in different circumstances. So what is it for you for you today? And I'm sure there is something new you can uh, uh, always learn from it. So 
that appetite to learn and, and to grow is uh, uh, what helps actually in, in defining a clear leadership vision for yourself. I'm completely with you on these, this, uh, what you describe, uh, appetites to learn. We sometimes call it learning agility. When, when you have a group of people in front of you, for example, again, to this sort of theoretical setup of having a group of participants in a training room, we will very easily, very quickly distinguish those who are truly, truly curious about how they can further develop, where they already stand, etc. Those we call the, the ones, the people with learning agility versus the ones who say, yeah, but I know this already. And uh, sometimes to be completely frank, I make a mental note and I think, okay, I would love to meet with both of you, with both types again in five years, 10 years and see what has become. Well, then you're lucky because I, I, I often get demotivated by, by the ones that don't have learning appetite or I mean demotivated uh, in the fact that it doesn't trigger in me the appetite to still investing or, or, or you know, to try To, to really try hard uh, uh, with that type of profile. I guess that that type of profile in me triggers that black and white attitude that we keep trying to remove usually. It's interesting. Eh? So, so what, we're, what we're coming to is a, a learning agility gets matched with a willingness to lead. So if, if the one person is willing to learn, it gets rewarded with a willingness to lead. So it's funny to, to realize that as a person in a leadership role, we are also triggered to lead in, in different ways, different levels. Uh, interesting, interesting. De definitely. You, you, you clearly have a purpose. You, you clearly have a goal where you want to get. But the journey can be really different uh, depending on the people you encounter um, during that journey. Mm -hmm. And what makes the difference is actually the attitude. In that learning journey you mentioned, Cecile, who have been role models for you or examples Could you elaborate a little bit on how you learned? So I believe that indeed modeling uh, helps us to really shape who we want to become or who we, we will be at the end of the journey. I have to say that in my case, uh, uh, that modeling has uh, often been on the negative side. So um, probably because somebody that... Uh, models your own values or the way you have to uh, to look at things in life, then you adhere to that uh, from day one. And therefore, you don't realize that even though uh, 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 it is the same values, you're still learning uh, about that person, but, but you're not. So probably I would say that I ha have learned more about those negative role models, the things that I didn't want to happen to me or to others around me or things that I saw negatively. So uh, I have to say that I believe I have grown more with negative models than positive ones. And actually, I have to thank those negative models because they have really helped me understand what I wanted at the end of the day. It is a rather controversial view, I must say, I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised to hear you say this and it's super, super interesting. If I think of, for example, the, the world of, of education, we, we, we often see that the way we educate our kids, despite us saying that we will do it differently from the way our parents did it, in the end, actually quite often we end up educating our kids the way we have been educated ourselves. So this idea of 
replicating what we have seen, replicating behaviors that have inspired us for the better or for the worse, seems to be sort of deeply ingrained. And what I hear you say is, yeah, next to that, you can also learn from negative examples. Well, I think that uh, uh, when you're a child, you're being told a lot of things and you're building yourself. And once you're an adult, you still you're still learning. We've just said it. The journey is there. But you are already an individual with values. And uh, and therefore, you need to be able to still be yourself. You see today, what I don't like in society, and, and maybe that will be controversial as well, is with uh, social media. I don't like the term following people. Because following people to me seems like I want to be like that people. And no, the reality is that we are ourselves. We must always remember who we are and uh, uh, stick to, to, to that personality that we have. So that's why I think that always talking about following or modeling in the positive ways seems to me like replicating something. And repli in the replication, you could lose yourself. So it is very important not to lose yourself. And sometimes learning from the negative, that's when you are still yourself, still with that learning appetite, but in a way that you don't lose uh, uh, your personality. It's funny. I was, I can't help but uh, think of the Monty Python film, Life of Brian, uh, when you, when you speak about followership, because there is this famous scene where Brian tells his followers, like, stop following me. You are all individuals. And these, I don't know, hundred people or so respond. Yes, we are all individuals. So it's, it's a little bit this mad idea of, of, of replication. Yes. So if following is not the word, which what I hear you say is, you know, as a leader, you don't need to create followership. You need to create a place where people can be authentically, individually themselves. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, I think you need to create awareness. Awareness for people to be aware of themselves and to be aware of others. And with that awareness, then you can pick and choose. It's like being in a library. What is the book that you want? You're aware that you have, you know, different type of, of books. So which ones do you want to pick? It is really about awareness. Cecile, the, the introduction referred to your clear view on which factors determine leadership. Which are those factors? Um, fundamentally, three pillars. The first one will be having impact. And having impact can have a lot of dimensions. It can be in the business itself, in the people. You never know what the dimension of impact can be. But for me, the first one is clearly impact versus power. Uh, 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 power is not the ultimate goal. The goal is, is, is the impact. And therefore, you can be a leader disregard of your level in a company And, and disregard of your level of empowerment, because it's really about your clear, vi clear vision on, on impact. The second, I would say, is really about diverse thinking. And, and please allow me to define diverse or diversity as not only what we talk today about gender, race, uh, all, all that type of things that that we mentioned when we talk diversity. For me, diversity is about really trying to understand 
what are others' thinkings? What do they say? What they're saying? So we we all come from different backgrounds. We are all living different moments, even if at the same time, and therefore we can have different visions of the same topic. And for me, it's really trying to go beyond my own vision and understand what is triggering the vision of others, integrating that diverse thinking in the way we are addressing or solving issues in, in a company. Probably this is, for me, the element that took me a little longer to acquire as a, as a leader, or maybe not to acquire, but to realize what a difference it could make to really look at the way, understanding at the way people are coming to uh, their, their thoughts. And then the third pillar is, is really, and I think that our conversation about following others and role models have already touched base a little bit about that. It's really about uh, authenticity being yourself and being dedication. So being authentic in your dedication needs to go together. Uh, you need to be who you are. Do not pretend to be any anyone else and to be who you are within the purpose you want to achieve. Those for me will be the three very clear pillars on which I look at my own leadership and, and look at the leadership of others. Excellent. So still my next question would be about this authenticity. You know, when we say the word authenticity, people need to be authentic. They need to, to stay true to themselves. The question that comes to my mind is, what is nature? What is nurture? You know, do you believe in something like acquired behavior? Can somebody who is, for example, more of an introvert type, do you believe that he or she can become a fantastic public speaker because he or she may have acquired that behavior. How, what is your view on that nature versus nurture? It's, uh, I'm, I'm not a specialist, so uh, I hope that no psychologist is going to uh, listen to my answers. But um, I think a lot can be acquired in life. And all of us need to actually cover some gaps or refine some capabilities that we, that we may have. But... For leadership, I think that some people have it in them. Now, it doesn't always come out because you don't find the purpose where to apply that leadership. So that's why I was saying leadership implies as well authenticity and dedication, authenticity and a purpose. Some people are not leaders, but they are very well-respected professionals uh, because of uh, their level of expertise, because of of other things. And you don't need to be a leader to be someone uh, with whom others want to work with or to be with. And I'd rather be with a very good professional than with some leaders that can have it, but maybe have the wrong aspect of leadership. Moving on to the topic of diversity, there is this quote uh, by the writer Anais Nin, also used by Stephen Covey, that, that says, we see the world not as it is, but as we are. How does that relate to the topic of diversity in your view? I couldn't agree more. It's, I, I think it, it, it completely 
relates to my comment earlier on trying to understand why others are thinking what they're thinking, really, because it, it's trying to understand the whole picture, including the details that are actually impacting the view of others. It's, it's too easy to go in with our preconceived ideas and to come up with a solution, a vision, a sentence, a statement, because it's all the result of who we are. And uh, uh, diversity is about integrating those those different differences on who others are. So, so I completely relate to that sentence. And as we are talking diversity, probably the other mention I would do is uh, intergeneration diversity is is very important. And today we might be losing it a little bit. And why do I say it's important? Because I think that younger versus senior really provide differences that are so enriching and can really help everyone, the younger to grow and the more senior to have more impact, even despite uh, the time passing by. So sometimes in some companies or in some uh, thinking, we're losing the richness of that intergenerational diversity. That intergenerational diversity requires a lot of understanding the one in front of you. So, so yes, I think that stepping into somebody else's shoes is fundamental. What you say really resonates. Huh? It's, it's really making the effort of wanting to understand uh, the, the other generation, let's say. Or I'd like to share an anecdote. This is actually, unfortunately, not made up. It's, it's a real story from a client we work with. And they, over the past couple of years, they have been facing quite some intergenerational diversity. And uh, one of my colleagues who works on this client account also summarized it as follows. The younger generations, they are not willing to make the effort as per the director's perspective. And we are not fulfilled by what we find in the workplace or how we are treated from a human perspective. Hence, we are leaving from the younger generation's perspective. So it really feels like there is this need to, to better understand each other and to understand where the other person comes from, because it really leads to not just a, some lost opportunity, but it really leads to, to opposing views and leading people to leave to leave the conflict. Is this something you recognize? Completely. And, you know, when we get to that type of comments, it's because clearly the cut between the generations is there and the bridge has not been laid for both to be able to discuss. So funnily, funnily enough, I was approached very few days ago by a headhunter to lead another team. And he said, well, basically, you know, we need people that know how to deal with 50 plus employees. And I smiled because I said, well, you need people to know how to deal with all type of employees because those 50 plus are going to retire at some point. So you already need to bring in new uh, talent and you will have the two working together. And if you don't have the two working together, then you're not preparing for the future and you will fail anyhow. So if you have the two working together, you have to understand the needs and understand What is the impact that each one can have? And for me, it is very clear what is the benefits of the youngest generation and the benefits of the, of the oldest uh, uh, generation. I think that creativity is definitely much higher when you're younger. 
But I think that the ability to manage crisis is definitely there when you're older because you've already gone through it many times. So you don't panic and you don't freak out with a crisis. And combining those two is, is uh, fantastic from a talent perspective because the youngers get that experience that the senior have and the senior get again kind of a second youth from a creativity perspective. Nice, nicely summarized. I can totally, totally relate to that. We've been talking a lot, Cecile, on a number of topics related to leadership. If, if you were to summarize, if I were to ask you, what is the one point about leadership that you would like to make? What would it be? Um, for me, what has been motivational as a leader is the impact, the ability to impact. And uh, uh, even in my darkest hours, like everyone, where things were not going uh, uh, the way I wanted uh, or I was already looking for something else because I was not happy where I, I was, the one thing that has always kept me motivated and ongoing was the ability to impact. And if ultimately not the business, to impact the people. Um, so if I have to think of leadership, for me, the main attribute will be the ability to impact. Super. Thank you very much. Cecile, we're coming to a close of today's conversation. As you say, I think we could, um, make, uh, many more episodes, uh, and to, 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 to deepen and share our sometimes confronting views on leadership, but, uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a wrap for today. Thank you so much for your time, for joining us and, uh, enjoy the weekend in Spain. Thank you very much, Tom. And, uh, looking forward for more controversial conversations in the future. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye. We hope that you enjoyed listening to this leadership conversation and we would love to hear from you and continue the conversation with you. Please send any comments, questions or suggestions for a next leadership session to podcast at tpcleadership.com. This podcast was offered to you by TPC Leadership. And please know that the guests that we interview during this series share their own views. They do not talk on behalf of the organization that they're part of. For more podcasts, please visit the TPC website, tpcleadership.com forward slash insights. Thank you for listening. <laughs>